Welcome to the 50 States Finish Line podcast, where we talk about running, road races, and all the ways that running enriches our lives. I'm your host, Pam, and I've completed half marathons in 30 states and have run five marathons. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. For today's episode, I am joined by a longtime Seacoast runner who impresses me with her incredible work ethic, her wonderful sense of humor, and her, and her unwavering dedication to the sport. I don't know if we've ever run the same race, but I do recall one time, and this is going back a long time ago, when I was slogging away on a Planet Fitness treadmill and my guest literally hopped on the treadmill near me, cranked out a bunch of speedy miles, and then hopped off and continued on merrily, at least it seemed that way to me, with the rest of her day. She just exudes vibrancy and energy. How does she do it? What can our guests share with us that might help get us out the door with a hop in our step? Welcome, Janet. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself as a runner? Sure. I started running in 19... I don't even know. Let's see. I was born in 1962, and I started running in the my freshman year of high school, I guess. So um, I was probably the mid seventies. And basically I just haven't stopped. It's kind of <laughs> like that, uh, the Forrest Gump movie where he starts running and he stops, but I just kept going. And <laughs> so was running like a, something that was other members of your family did your parents did your older siblings did. Is that what drew you to running initially in high school? Yeah, that's a good question. So my dad was a runner. My dad was born in 1925, and um, the story goes, at least for my mom, that my dad, he was born, um, I mean, he lived in, um, he lived in Hamilton, Mass., and my mom lived in Beverly, so my dad used to run from Hamilton to Beverly, and he had those big, like, tube socks that come all the way up to your knees, and <laughs> he probably had, like, some cotton shorts, you know, and looked really like a dork, and he used to run all that way, and everybody thought he was such a weirdo, but he did it, and so I think... He probably inspired me to run. But honestly, when I got to either the end of middle school or the beginning of high school, they had a sign-up for cross-country. And so I kind of got into um, running sort of by mistake because I thought, okay, this will be fun because we had cross-country skis. And I really, and I'm not kidding, I thought I was signing up for cross-country skiing. <laughs> so <laughs> signed up. And then I thought, well, gosh, they start the season awfully early in the fall. <laughs> Maybe we're just doing pre-season, you know. So, I, um, but it was running and uh, just kind of, I think it suited me right from the beginning. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So I would imagine then you ended up running right through high school. Mm -hmm. And I imagine cross country was a fall sport. Did you also do because some students go on to do like track and field or do track in the winter and spring or were you primarily cross country? Right. Well, I don't have I wouldn't say that I'm have much athletic talent. So I tried other things like basketball. <laughs> I mean, I was um, somehow they put me on. They must have been pretty desperate that year. And I got on the um Maybe I was on the varsity, but I, I scored two points, but both free throws. So <laughs> basketball really wasn't my thing. And so I did do track, um, but it, I even, I think I even managed to sort of trip a couple of times going around the track. So it wasn't pretty much, I could just be <laughs> <laughs> more suited to just running cross country. So I did that um, all through high school. Yeah. And then I, I did start running a little bit in college, but 
here's the thing. I, I had a certain amount of, um, I guess you could call it success for, you know, cause I went to a pretty small high school and running wasn't that popular mm-hmm. 1970, you know, end of the seventies. And, um, I started running quite a bit. I was already running marathons in high school. I oh, ran my interesting. first, ran my first Boston in on my 17th birthday. So I was either like a junior, I guess I was a junior in high school. So I was not too bad for my high school. And then I got to college and I joined at the cross country team and I was like, Oh my <laughs> God, these people are so good. So I really just couldn't keep up. And I was like academically overloaded and just having a a really hard time, like, uh, adjusting to college. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't, uh, run in high school. I mean, I ran on my own, but I didn't Mm -hmm. run for the team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So take us back to your first marathon when you were 17 Mm -hmm. years old. I would imagine the Boston marathon, and I, I think I know this about the, about you that you've run the Boston marathon many times since then. I don't Mm -hmm. know. So maybe you can share a little bit about that with us, but what was it like in those first few years? Because certainly it's turned into quite a big enterprise these days. Yeah. It was so different. So my parents used to drive me right to Hopkinton and uh, the first couple of years that I did it in high school. Um, and they drove me to Hopkinton. You could, there was no, there were no line, no traffic mm-hmm. jams. Mm-hmm. And I do remember that even way back then that people would sort of shed their clothing at the beginning, you know, because right. they got too hot or whatever. And um, my parents collected the clothing and people are always like, oh, isn't that so nice? They donated the clothing. I said, oh, no, no, no. We use that clothing at our house. (laughs) (laughs) So we got some extra jackets and stuff for the winter and hats and so forth. And then um, it was back in the like back in the uh, Bill Rogers days. Mm -hmm. And we um, finished at the Prue. And I remember we had beef stew as a post race meal. I do remember that. And uh, he was, Bill Rogers was, you know, quite a runner, but mm-hmm. he was just so different. And uh, I loved him for being so different. He would eat, you know, peanut butter sandwiches and that kind of thing. But here's the thing. I actually did not know. I didn't know what to expect because I had never mm-hmm. run a marathon before. I'd never mm-hmm. run more than 13 miles mm-hmm. before. So I thought, sure, it's a good idea to run a marathon. That sounds like a good idea. And so I had my, I had those little tiny shorts. um, that were kind of popular. They look oh, sort of like, yes. you know, maybe made brief. by Puma or something. I don't remember yeah. who made them, but they were little tiny, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, spandex kind of. Yes. And my mom had sewed a pocket in the pants and with a map of the tea and a dollar in <laughs> case, in case I needed to take the tea home. Cause we just didn't know. And I, thought, right. and I remember passing that, um, mirror somewhere along the way and looking I was like oh I look at look at my <laughs> look at my silhouette I guess I can do this I'm a runner so and then I just ran all the way to the finish and I didn't do too badly <laughs> you know I think what's so interesting you're not the first person to come on this podcast who talks about not having this grand master plan but mm-hmm. just kind of going with it and mm-hmm. and seeing where life takes us and in your case it took you right across that finish line as a 17 year old mm-hmm. And I would imagine, right, that that has led to many Boston marathons since that time, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think you're probably going to ask me how many, and I actually don't know. I'm not very good at keeping count. Um, I'm not very much of a streaker or anything. I've had yeah. some breaks for sure, like mm-hmm. being, you know, moving away and coming back. So I haven't had sort of consecutive Bostons. I mm-hmm. did that for a while, but um, 
So I don't really even know how many Bostons or how many marathons total. Well, I think you're being super humble. <laughs> I think it's quite, quite a few. Um, but very cool that the, tre- that the streak or the beginnings of your running of a marathon began there at a very young age. I think many marathoners kind of come to that distance much later in life. Mm -hmm. So how was it in terms of, did you stay pretty injury free? Did you keep doing long races at that point in your life with schooling and everything else going on? Yeah, I guess I've been um, pretty good about taking some, I've always been good about taking breaks um, and just not, probably if I had to, I guess I'm pretty good at not overtraining, to be honest with you. Um, so I have had many years where I've run two marathons a year, but I don't see myself re- really being one of those people that can run a marathon every week. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are those people. I know some of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, really, really admire them, but um, it's just not for me in terms of mm-hmm. keeping injury-free and keeping sort of motivated um, to, to keep doing it. So I can't remember what your question was, but um, it was... Well, just when you were... So you did that first marathon when you were Mm -hmm. 17 and obviously then headed off to college Mm -hmm. and just wondering if you continued to run kind of longer distances during all of that time. And it sounds like maybe you did. Like once you got up to that marathon distance, you just started... You kept running, um, whether it was races or doing longer distances for Mm -hmm. a good long time. I did. And after college, I spent a year... Uh, after college, just working. And then I went into the Peace Corps. So I was in the Peace Corps in Thailand in 1985. Oh, interesting. So Thailand had not really heard of running, at least for women. They hadn't really heard of running. So that was a really interesting experience because I was eventually, after like four months of training, they put you, uh, you're separated from your big group and Mm -hmm. you go, and I was living in this tiny village on the Laotian border. And... So I used to run and the villagers who were incredibly nice and sweet and very protective thought that I was quite odd. (laughs) And um, they would always ask me, by nigh, which is, where are you going? Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a really good answer to that question. And I really didn't know that much Thai at the time. So I'd always say, over there. And (laughs) And they would say... Why? And I said, you know, sort of come up with something. I don't know. And then they said, well, what are you going to do? And I'd say, well, then I'm going to come back. (laughs) (laughs) So um, so I was running quite a bit in Thailand. And actually, one of the fun things that I did was to go into Bangkok every once in a while. And I had to take a truck and then an overnight bus to Thailand. And they had 10Ks and 5Ks. Mm -hmm. And so since I was one of the only women there, I used to do really well. And I, <laughs> one time I won a 10K and they said, okay, you won the, you're the Thai, now you're the Thai, uh, you know, participant for the Malaysian marathon. Oh, you know? <laughs> So they paid my way to go to Malaysia and uh, run this marathon. So the Penang marathon, the, that was, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and even when I came back, I was even, I stood in for a Thai, um, person too because I, I got into the New York City Marathon because they have um, they have what do you call it like not a lottery but they have uh, spots for mm-hmm. a couple people from each country so 
I said that, you know, I was living in Thailand, so they let me into the New York City Marathon that year, too. That's great. That's great. <laughs> well, again, so interesting where running can lead us and, and how interesting, like, that it led for you to these opportunities overseas to compete and and to participate in those international games and then bring you back to New York City. So was that your first New York City marathon when you were kind of coming in as an international runner in a way? I don't remember. I don't remember if that was my first. I do love that marathon, though. Have you run that one? I have run that one, yeah. and, it, and it just was this past weekend, and it was so oh, much fun to watch. Wow. and to see folks come up over those bridges, which um, are quite difficult. I don't know if you remember that from your New York City marathons, but. Yeah, yeah. hot. Was, yes, this this time it was very, very hot. Um, so, so taking us back, so after the Peace Corps, um, then maybe, you know, in terms of next, were there other kinds of races or really memorable races along that early, early mm -hmm. part of your running mm -hmm. experiences? So I guess, after, let's see, how did this go? I went to grad school. I went out to Illinois, and so I was running, and then I was in, uh, I took a, 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 did a master's program, and then went to med school. And so then the running sort of became like stress relief mm -hmm. um, more than anything. So I actually, ironically, probably started running more. People think less times, so for better or worse, I was running more. Uh, and I had, I ran one marathon in that that's the marathon the only marathon i've ever won was the lake county marathon so that was i guess memorable for them mm -hmm. in uh, lake county illinois and again probably not there were probably weren't that many participants but <laughs> it was still fun to win a marathon uh and then let's see um did i guess the other races that i've done throughout the years, way back when, and then most recently is mm -hmm. Mount Washington Road Race. That's one of my all-time favorites. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I try to do that every year. Now, I do have a kind of a streak going there, but I ran it in the 90s and then took a long break and then um, started back. I don't know. I'd have to ask. Mm -hmm. I'd have to ask Vicki Miller how many have run. <laughs> 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 yeah, Mount Washington and the Boston Marathon are probably the ones that I've run you know, time after time, just kind of yeah. keep coming back to it. And I keep thinking like, okay, maybe I take a break, but then I don't end up taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for the Mount Washington and for Boston, um, why do you keep coming back to those races? What is it about whether it's running those races specifically or, you know, again, what, what is it about running, coming back and doing the same races again and again for you? Why do you do that? I think for... Um, I think it's a lot of this sounds really kind of trite but habit <laughs> and um they are you know so challenging especially like mount washington you know even if you climb mount washington it's just this sort of um again kind of trite but sort of a high when you come you know mm -hmm. toward towards the towards the top and you can see the top and you think well, i did you know i did that um and so the the i, th I guess just the finish line, I would say, um, is worth the kind of any kind of pain and suffering <laughs> through it. And then the experience, honestly, the people. Mm -hmm. I try to, when I was running a lot faster, one time I was running New York City Marathon and I was trying to, probably trying to break three hours because I was always trying to break three hours from a marathon. So 
running as fast as I can and really kind of nobody's talking because they're all kind of concentrated on their time mm -hmm. and I'm huffing and puffing. And, and then I thought, and I wasn't, it wasn't going to happen that day. So I'm coming towards Central Park, and I don't remember how many, how long there was to the finish line, but a couple, probably a couple miles left. Mm. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm not going to win, <laughs> and who cares if I slow down? And I kind of, th this must have been quite a bit from the finish because I thought, I'm just going to slow down and sort of take it easy, and just giving myself permission to do that was. I, I felt I just was started talking and kind of interacting with the, the crowd. And it was just such a wonderful experience. And probably since then, I've just kind of been dogging it a little bit more. <laughs> well, running any marathon in three hours is quite incredible. And I think it's wonderful that you have found another way to enjoy racing, if not at that super fast pace you know even if you just take your foot off the pedal pedal a little bit you have a chance to enjoy it we're going to take a short break you've been listening to the 50 state finish line podcast Welcome back to the 50 States Finish Line podcast. Janet, what are you most proud of when you think of your running? Um, I would have to say longevity. So um, as I mentioned before, I had, you know, at the, when I first started running, I thought it's about running faster and improving my time. And I can honestly tell you that I'm really just, not, I would like to, maybe I'd like to, just the feeling of running faster, but in terms of just, just on my own more than anything. So I'm no longer sort of chasing that. It's just the, I'm so proud of the fact that I've been running for all these years, mm -hmm. you know, since, you know, since the late seventies till now and still love it. So I guess I would say that, um, I found great joy. Um, I think it's sort of, speaks to it's very sort of a primal thing for me so I don't think that every time I step out the door it's you know feels tremendous and I have you know especially mm -hmm. as a 60 year old woman I feel like I have aches and pains that I didn't have before so I'm not saying that every time I'm just like ready to get up and go and yet just having that feeling of running through the the woods with the dogs and I think mental health wise it has been um just amazing um, benefit mm -hmm. in my life for my mental health more than my physical health, I would say, at this point in my life. Okay. Take us along when you, let's say you have a week ahead of you. How often will you run? Do you mm -hmm. run in the morning? Do you run by yourself? Mm -hmm. Give us a little insight into that. I am a morning runner for the most part. I do the Winter Warrior Challenge every year. So occasionally if I don't get to it in the morning, I will be out there at like 11 45 p.m. trying to <laughs> but other than that I try to run in the morning and I um sometimes run in the pitch dark I'll run all four seasons I actually love the seasons I try to embrace the seasons I think if you live in New England like we do you better embrace the seasons or <laughs> right. probably move because <laughs> there are there's quite a lot of weather so um I love running in the snow I guess the only 
uh, thing I don't, the, the only element I don't love running in is rain, but even that can be mm-hmm. joyful in some way. So I think embracing the seasons and not kind of letting any weather get in the way is, um, has been, has been something that's been helpful to just get me over the hump mm-hmm. of, you know, kind of no excuses, kind of breaking down barriers to, to, um, and then the habit of it. I don't run every day. Uh, I do, I do do a lot of walking. And one problem I'm having recently is that my dog who I run with is not a good, she keeps getting in my way. She, she's a bad pacer. Like she'll, <laughs> she'll just jump in front of me and then like slow down. So yeah. I've <laughs> been kind of walking and running a little bit more these days, but it's still, it's still great. It's still the distance. Yeah. And uh, sometimes if I only have 10 minutes to run in the morning, I'll do a, you know, 10 minute run. And my husband will make fun of me and say, oh, 10 minute run, that doesn't do anything. I was like, well, it's 10 minutes more than you did. So, <laughs> And that's an important point, right? <laughs> Giving ourselves permission to go out and do whatever we have time for versus saying it's not worth it if I can't get 30 minutes in or an hour in. Right. And your comment about a dog, a couple of us used to run with a dog out on Evans Road and the dog was maybe like a husky meant to run like perfect pace. It, I, I felt like that dog just picked us up and just carried us every single time we ran. The dog's name um, is Sasha. Every single time we ran with her. So yes, they can be wonderful pace helpers or it can get yeah. underfoot. So I know exactly what you mean about that. Right, yeah. right, right. Do you run with music? Do you have like, are you a, a, a Garmin watch wearer? Recently, I've been walking and running a lot with podcasts. If mm. I if I run on my own, I love listening to podcasts. And our family has a podcast um, night every Thursday. So we listen to a podcast and then talk about it. So I will often do that. When I was younger, I would even study while running, you know. So I do do, if I'm by myself or with the dog, I'll do the podcast. The other amazing thing about running is that I have amazing friends that I run with. So mm-hmm. on probably twice a week, I'll run with my, some really close buddies from the hospital, a couple of nurses and another doc. And then on, um, I have another close friend that um, has a, a pool. Mm-hmm. So we'll do a little run and a jump in the pool before work. And I think there is just, it's an amazing way to start the day. So I feel like by the time, you know, it's 7.30 and I'm at work, I feel like I've already accomplished so much. This, <laughs> this day is going to be good because I already had a dip in the pool and a run and an amazing, you know, talk with, you know, yeah. with my, you know, kind of discussion about something or other with my friend. So social aspect of it. I like to mix it up, do some by myself mm-hmm. and some with friends. Mm-hmm. Are there any... You know, as you, so obviously you're going to continue running for as long as you can. Mm -hmm. Do you have any races or any kind of goals for yourself looking forward? Mm -hmm. So COVID kind of, you know, put a cramp into some plans. I was going to, planning to do the, uh, a marathon at the base of Everest for my 60th. Oh. But then I turned 60 and I haven't run a marathon at the base of Everest yet. So it's still on my, still on my bucket list. Moving the finish line on that zero one. Zero interest in climbing up Everest. I just want the record to show, but I do want to run that marathon at the base camp. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the only thing on my bucket list right now for, okay. for running. 
Yeah. What time of year is that? Good question. I think it's the fault. So these are details, Pam, that I should probably... <laughs> I'll put them in the show notes because, oh, like, you know, what happens? People listen like, oh, that sounds really cool. Oh, wait a minute. It could be the spring. Now that I think of the spring, it's either the spring, the fall, the winter, or the summer. Summer. Yeah. Okay. We'll let you know. <laughs> sounds like a great, a great trip. Um, are there any things you say to yourself when the going gets tough? Okay. You know. We're in the lightning round, just so oh, you know. Oh, okay. All right. Great. So I, I do have a, a thought. At the end of a marathon or if I'm really, really hurting at some point, I count backwards from 10. It sounds crazy, but I'll just say 10, 9, 8, 7, and, and then just start again. So I think it's that repetition. Mm -hmm. um, I do, and I do have another friend who's a big runner who tries to dedicate a mile, want each mile to somebody special in her life or somebody who has asked for a, mile a thoughtful to be approach, right? Right. So you can kind of look forward to, to, to that next mile, so that you can concentrate on that. So yeah, some kind of mantra to put you in the so that that you know, it's kind of almost like if you're trying to fall asleep, deep breathing. Mm -hmm. It just sounds so simple, but it's just breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, and before you know it, you're asleep. And mine, for some reason, it's counting backwards from ten, and then I count the miles backwards too. If I have, okay. uh, so I think sixteen miles is kind of where I'm my goal, because then mm -hmm. I just have to count back from 10. <laughs> okay, we're all going to have to try that, the new, the new approach <laughs> to getting through those last few miles. I always like to ask people about their shoes. Do mm -hmm. you have a favorite pair of mm -hmm. running shoes or a favorite tech item or both? I've been recent. I'm not big on running tech. Uh, I've been recently running in Hocus. I was a Nike girl and a Nike woman for years, because mm -hmm. when I first started, I was... Uh, uh, hooked up with Jeff Johnson, uh, who was one of the co-founders of Nike. So he used to give us Nikes all the nice. time. So I thought free is a very good price. So <laughs> Nikes forever. And just recently switched over to Hocus. But I don't. I don't necessarily. I'm not. Um, you know, a. I'm not solidified with one brand or another. Mm -hmm. Seems to me like the equipment is secondary mm -hmm. to everything else for you in terms of running. Yes, it definitely is. It definitely is. I haven't really been a, like a barefoot runner, but it's not to me. It's not about the equipment or any of the fancy. I don't or the bling. I don't wear a watch. I can't wear a watch. <laughs> <laughs> or the metal bling at the end. No, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so let, just a final question: Are there any kind of last thoughts you want to share with our listeners, either around special memories, special races, special memories, or just? Any thoughts of inspiration to individuals who are listening who may be getting, you know, struggling to get out and get their miles in? Mm -hmm. I guess it, it wouldn't be that uh, just to do what um, comes naturally. I do hear people say, I don't like running. And I think, okay, well, it's not supposed to be exercise in general. Hopefully it's not just an extra burden on your day. So hopefully you do pick something you like. Maybe you like walking or I've heard a lot of people say they like pickleball. And so it doesn't really... Uh, and just um, kind of maybe not take it so seriously in a way and do what comes comes naturally. Mm -hmm. um, and then letting that kind of natural high um, take over you because you, you will get to it. I kind of feel like you need to make it a little bit over whether you're walking or running a little bit more than, you know, a half mile or a mile. Mm -hmm. I always say three miles is kind of the, you know, mm -hmm. and work up slowly. You don't have to go. You don't have to go fast. 
Well, I am so grateful to you for joining me today on this podcast. I really appreciated everything that you shared in terms of your telling us about kind of where your running started for you and how you've been at it for all these years. And for our listeners, thank you so much for listening to the 50 States Finish Line podcast. Hope you found some inspiration for running and happy racing.